0: Just go to cars.com. It's magical. Well, again, friends, and welcome on into episode 171 of the SCO Show, proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield here in the big chair for today, Monday, February 1st, 2021. It's Super Bowl week. And we're not going to talk about it today because there's other stuff to get to. Today is our first Mock Draft Monday. That's right. In this show, I'm going to take you through my latest mock draft, first round mock draft over at Touchdown Wire. As draft season goes on, We'll start doing more, at least from me, Pat's only mock drafts, but I'm sort of going to work through some first round only mocks over the next couple of weeks just to give you a flavor of how things might shake out, particularly when news breaks, because of course some news broke this weekend. In the third part of the show, we're going to have your mock drafts, listener mock drafts. Got a ton of those submitted via email, via DMs, via the Scotia Slack channel, so we'll work through some of those. I hope to get to all of them, Um, but a lot of great mocks that came in this week, and I'm excited to discuss them all with you. But before we do that, two things. One, the usual cavalcade of announcements. You know where to find me, at Mark Schofield on Twitter, mark.schofield, that insidethepylon.com if you'd like a invite to the Scotia Slack channel or to send over some mocks for next week's show. You can see the work, Matt Waldman's rookie scouting portfolio, the three SB Nation websites, Big Blue View, where I had a senior bowl quarterback recap that up, went up late last week as well as a piece on a new center they signed that went up. Um, Bleeding Green Nation, of course, right here at at Pat's Pulpit. And yes, Touchdown Wire, where I've been very, very busy the past 24 hours, 48 hours. Why? Because of a Saturday night thunderbolt from the content gods. Matthew Stafford traded to the Los Angeles Rams for two future first-round picks, a third-round pick, and, of course, Jared Goff. And so that is where we begin, because... I was going to just roll into the mock because I had dropped a touchdown wire mock draft at around 6.15 Eastern Saturday night. It went up, started to get the clicks. A lot of Washington fans were mad at me because of a Mac Jones selection and passing on Micah Parsons, which we'll get to. And then, like I said, the thunderbolt from the gods. The trade. And so I had to rework the mark. I went up with pieces about, you know, what McVay sees in Matthew Stafford, what this means for Deshaun Watson, what they can do with Jared Goff. So a lot to get to. I did want to sort of start there because it's a massive story. Let's look at this trade from the Los Angeles Rams perspective. Why did they do this? Obviously, it's because they've got a window to win. And they need one thing. And perhaps in their mind, in the mind of Les Snead and Sean McVay, one thing Only to take a playoff team with the ability to get to maybe the divisional round to a Super Bowl team. Decisiveness. They need decisiveness at the quarterback position. Anybody that has read my work, that has listened to this show or the previous version of it, Locked On Patriots, when I was hosting over there, knows what I think about Jared Goff. What did I say? What three words did I drill into everybody's brain, both in the run-up to Super Bowl 53 and even in the run-up to the Patriots-Rams game the Thursday night or earlier this season? Those three words? Exploit the hesitation, right? Exploit the hesitation. We saw it in 2018. We saw it this season. There were too many moments from Jared Goff where he just froze in the pocket. And no play sums that up better than the Jason McCordy pass breakup in Super Bowl 53 to prevent a touchdown to Brandon Cooks and to give me a reason to prattle on and pat myself on the back in the days after that game. Because that was it in a nutshell. That was the game. If Goff doesn't hesitate on that read and throw, Rams probably win that game. But he hesitates, McCourty makes the read in the play, and the Rams are going to settle for a field goal try. And so that play changed the game. That play may have changed the entire arc of the past five seasons of the Los Angeles Rams, right? All culminated in this trade. And even this season, there was a game in Week 13 against the Cardinals where Goff had been sort of challenged and pushed in the media by McVay, who had started to, like, prod and poke and needle him in the media a bit more. Where Goff came out, Goff had one of his better games of the season. And even in the video breakdown I did that week on Twitter of Goff, which you can find, the last of the three throws I looked at, he still hesitates. So that was the issue with Goff from their perspective. What did they get in Matthew Stafford? A far more decisive quarterback. Look through the various bits of film breakdowns that I've done on Stafford and look at the piece that I wrote over at Touchdown Wire this weekend. You see from the second you turn on the film with Matthew Stafford, a decisive quarterback. And that might be all they need. That might be all they want. Is somebody that's just going to boom, take the snap, hit his drop, get the ball out. You cannot hesitate in today's NFL as a quarterback. You just can't do it. The athletes are too quick. The windows are too small. The throws are too hard. Anyway, by hesitating, you make it tougher on yourself. So that's what the Rams want, decisiveness. And of course, because of the mechanics of this trade, much of the discussion has focused on the Rams' perspective, right? They're they're giving up the next two first-round picks. I saw somebody, Eric at home, tweet out, their last first round pick was early in Trump's term. Their next one will be at the, at the end of Biden's first term. That's a long time without a first round pick. They, again, are going all in on the moment. And if you're less neat, if you're showing my it doesn't work out, well, you won't be there to reap the whirlwind of it because you'll probably be fired. So you go all in. If you can get a Super Bowl in this window, great. You'll buy yourself some time to figure out the rebuild. But let's look at this from the Lions' perspective, right? Because everybody's focused on the Rams' part of it. The Lions, who made this trade? Brad Holmes, the new general manager. Where was Brad Holmes before becoming the general manager of the Detroit Lions? He was the director of college scouting for the Los Angeles Rams. Some of his draft picks include Cooper Cup, Todd Gurley, Aaron Donald, and Jared Goff. And according to all the reporting that is out there, Brad Holmes was one of the people in the Rams organization banding the table saying, we got to go up and get this kid Goff. So he's a believer in Jared Goff. What might have made him a believer and what might perhaps be a path forward for the Detroit Lions, for their new offensive coordinator, Anthony Lynn, tapping back into what made Jared Goff that first overall pick. You go back and look at his time at Cal. He's running the Bear Raid under Sonny Dykes, Tony Franklin. Variation of the air raid, a lot of shotgun, a lot of spread, a lot of empty stuff. The scheme that propped up Jared Goff with the Los Angeles Rams was Sean McVay's scheme, right? Under center, play action, wide zone, boot action off of it, all that stuff. The McVay, Shanahan, Stefanski, Kubiak, like that kind of school of thought. That school of thought that people are pointed to as being perhaps the best set of crutches you can put under a young quarterback who is struggling. But I would make an argument that if you're Anthony Lynn, you want to, in some way, remove some of those crutches to tap into what made Goff the first overall pick to begin with. And in studying some Jared Goff film from 2020, you know, Saturday night into Sunday morning, I found 22 plays in my charting where the pass was 15 yards or more downfield and the gain was 20 yards or more what i'm looking for are those moments when it was quarterback it wasn't like a screen or a slant that gets you know turned into a big gain it wasn't you know really dependent upon the receiver or the you know a route design or something like that it was really the quarterback that was doing something good because i wanted to see if there was a common thread to that and as you might expect of those 22 plays a lot of them were the under center boot action stuff that we know McVay does but eight of them eight of them came With Goff alone in the shotgun. Empty formation. And on those eight throws, you saw a decisive quarterback, whether it was back in week one, week three, week ten. And perhaps my favorite throw of Goff from that entire sample, it came against the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round. And if you remember earlier this year, before that Rams game, I talked about some of McGoff's struggles are against those middle of the field open coverages—cover two, cover four, cover six. Those are where he really hesitates. But he had a throw out of empty early in the divisional round, where he split the safeties in a cover four look, get into his second read, moving in the pocket, quick, decisive. Not the Jared Goff that we saw hesitating, and certainly not the Jared Goff that was struggling with those middle of the field open looks. So from the Lions' perspective, look: if you're trading Matthew Stafford, you'd like to get a quarterback that can start Week One. You've now got some assets. You know, maybe they still draft a quarterback. I think they probably punt that decision for a year, because now they'll have some future. They'll have two first-round picks in the 2022 class. You know, they could package those to get up to one if they wanted to. or They could package those in the future. You know, first rounder from the Rams to get up if they needed to. But they can figure out what they've got and get Jared Goff. And a lot of people are going to poop poop with that and say, that oh, he's awful, he stinks, he's garbage. Sure. And maybe he truly is. But I think you have a window here to figure out what you've got. You might as well take advantage of it. And there's a way to do it, I think. And so those are my thoughts on the golf trade up next. First round mock. I'm going to spin through that quickly. Um, there'll be some quarterback discussion there, too. So that's ahead here in episode 171 of this go show. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever there Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Mark Schofield back with you here on episode 171 of the SCO show. And before we dive into the mock, I do want to give a quick little shout out to my boy Owen Reese, who had a birthday last week, but this isn't a birthday shout out. It's a you-called-it shout-out because Owen had been telling me for a while now that the school where he coached at, a Division three school, had a kid that I needed to know about. And that kid went down to Mobile that this past week and was crowned the king of the senior bowl. And that's Owen Mertz, the interior offensive lineman from UW-Whitewater. Um, shout-out to Owen. Take your victory laps all over social media. You've earned them. You have most definitely earned them. And another quick mention, um, speaking of you've earned them, for whatever reason this weekend, kids of the 80s might recognize that phrase, they earn it. The Smith Barney brokerage commercials. Anybody recall those? They were these commercials that came out in the mid 80s for Smith Barney, the brokerage house, starring John Houseman, the old sort of classical classically trained actor. And it had that sort of catch line. They make their money the old fashioned way. They earn it. And that's been like floated around in my head for like a week now. And younger listeners to the show, you can find it on Google. It's on YouTube. Um, it's just this incredible ad campaign. I guess it dates all the way back to like the early seven, the late 70s, but there you go. There's something for the kids to Google. Um Mock Draft 2.0 over a Touchdown Wire. And as I said, when this mock initially went live, like I said, dinner time Saturday night, um you had two quarterback trades. Trevor Lawrence goes at one to Jacksonville. Zach Wilson goes to two to the Jets. Everything hunky dory. At three, you had your first trade. Houston, Miami, they execute a deal. Miami gets Deshaun Watson in exchange for, um, you know, they give up pick three, pick 18, a 2022 20, first round pick, and a 2023 20, second round pick, and Tua. That was the cost to get Deshaun Watson. Houston sends. Deshaun Watson and a 2022 20, third round pick to kind of sweeten the deal a little bit. And in that spot, at three, the Houston Texans take Jamar Chase to give Tua a nice weapon. So that was your first trade. At four, Justin Fields to Atlanta. I love that fit. At five, Cincinnati Bengals. Sewell, the kid from Oregon. And I think that's Hunky Dory. At six, Philadelphia. A lot of people want them to go wide receiver here. I think they might go corner. That's another need. Patrick Surtain, the kid from Alabama. That's a very common selection for the Philadelphia Eagles at that spot. And then at 7, originally at 7, I had the Detroit Lions taking Trey Lance from North Dakota State because they had traded Matthew Stafford to the San Francisco 49ers. So originally at 7, the Lions were going to get their quarterback, Trey Lance. So I had to rework that. And so instead at 7, Jalen Waddell, the wide receiver from Alabama, you get Goff, you give him a weapon. Jalen Waddle, downfield guy. I think it makes sense. They've got decisions to make about Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. Boom, Jalen Waddle. People might say, what about Devonta Smith? You're gonna see the slide here because I think the slide is coming because of his frame. Now at pick number eight, Carolina. Look, they could go Trey Lance, they could go Mac Jones. A lot of people like quarterback for them. Um, I'm going in a different direction. Jeremiah Unswo, Corma, JOK, the edge from Notre Dame. Put him across from Brian Burns. Flourish. Defense is remade overnight. Um, Panthers fans probably hate the pick. Matter of fact, I know they hate the pick, but that's the direction I go. And then at nine, another team that could go Trey Lance. Denver, they go Caleb Fairley, the corner from Virginia Tech. Now they can play some mix and match in the secondary. I think that's a nice fit for them. Dallas, Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle from Northwestern. They need some help up there. Injuries up front. They can move him around. He's played both guard and tackle. Uh, Giants, need edge help, Quitty Pay from Michigan. I think you could almost put that in Sharpie right now. I'd be stunned if he gets past them if he's available. And then at 12, originally I had Detroit here, and originally I had Detroit going with Waddle at this pick. They would get Lance at 7, Waddle at 12. Now it's the 49ers back on the clock. And now it's Trey Lance. I love the fit. Trey Lance and that Shanahan system. He could run that offense right now. I believe it. I know it in my heart. He could run it right now. So that's the pick of 12. 13, Christian Derisaw from Virginia Tech, the offensive tackle. You want to protect Justin Herbert. I think this is a no-brainer. At 14, the Vikings, Vera Tucker, the interior offensive lineman at USC, he's played both guard and tackle. Vikings need some help in the interior of the offensive line. They could keep him at guard. You know, Maybe they move him around a bit. I know they've got Cleveland and then they've got O'Neill, but they could use him on the inside to start. I think it's a perfect fit. A lot of people have made that connection. And then at 15, the pick that I will continue to try to speak into existence, Kyle Pitts from Florida. A lot of people said maybe Mac Jones there, maybe quarterback there. Kyle Pitts is a matchup nightmare. I will continue to ban this drum, and when he's having Jimmy Garoppolo throw to him, it'll work out. Because I'm starting to believe that that's what's coming our way, friends. That's all I'm going to say. But Kyle Pitts, I will speak Kyle Pitts into existence wearing a Patriots uniform. Pick number 16, Arizona Cardinals, J.C. Horn. They've got some pieces in the secondary, another cover-type corner. A guy that has some ball skills, I think, makes a lot of sense for them. So, J.C. Horn at 16, at 17, the Raiders, David Collins, a linebacker from Tulsa. If you haven't done work on him, start. I think he'd be great for what the Raiders need—versatile defender, hybrid type defender. Can use him all over the field. That would be huge for them. Now at 18, you got Houston on the clock again, thanks to that trade with Watson, Joseph Osai, the edge from Texas. The 19, Washington. They get Mac Jones at 19. As I said, when I made this draft originally, Washington fans were giving me the vomit emojis. They were flipping their minds. Um, A lot of them said, look, they need a linebacker, too. If Micah Parsons is on the board, he'll be the pick. I think Micah Parsons is going to slide, kids. Just when you start doing mocks, I'd build in a bit of a slide there. There's the positional aspect to it as well. But there are some concerns about Micah Parsons. So I think you might see a slide Washington goes with Mac Jones at 19. 20, another slide ends. Devonta Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama, comes off the board to the Bears. Obviously, they'd love to get in the quarterback game, but if they can't, get out a weapon for whoever it is would be nice. Smith, I think, is going to slide. The list of receivers with a one 175 frame to them that have ha- had ex- you know elite-type careers in the National Football League, it isn't a long and extensive list. I think he slides as a result of this, as talented as he is. He checks production. He checks traits. He's got the hardware to back it up. I like him on film. But if you draft a 6'1", 175-pound receiver in the top 10 of the first round, you better be darn sure it's going to pan out because you're betting on an outlier. Teams don't often bet on outliers in the top 5, top 10 of the draft. I think he slides as a result, but I think 20 – Chicago is going to jump to the podium if they get the chance. 21, Lee Meichenberg, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame. Colts need a tackle. He's a tackle. There you go. I wouldn't overthink that one. Um, they probably, I mean, they definitely have to address quarterback. They'll probably nibble around the edges in free agency. Maybe they swing a trade for somebody. Um, but with the top four QBs gone, and Mac Jones too, I don't know if you're going Kyle Trask at 21, not when you're going to need a tackle with Anthony in retirement. 22 Titans, uh, Gregory Rousseau, the Edge from Miami. I think, look, they had 43 sacks in 2019. They wanted to bolster that. They go out and get Clowney and Beasley. They had 19 sacks last year, and they only had 119 pressures, fifth lowest in the NFL. They need pass rushing help. Now you've got the Jets at 23, Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver from Minnesota, give Zach Wilson and/or Sam Darnold their weapons. That will help. 24, the Steelers. Samuel Cosme, the offensive tackle from Texas. Athletic enough to do their zone stuff. Powerful enough to do their gap stuff. Matt Canada does both. I think the fit works. Jaguars at 25. You already get Trevor Lawrence. Now you give him a new weapon. Terrence Marshall Jr., the wide receiver from LSU. Chark, Chenault, Marshall Jr., Lawrence, James Robinson. You're starting to put together a pretty decent skill group on offense. 26. Cleveland Browns, the Micah Parsons slide ends. They would love to have a help on the second level. They get a guy that's a top-five talent in a position that isn't valued as highly anymore. I mean, if this were 1988, Parsons might be first guy off the board. But now, off-ball linebackers tend to slide. The slide stops here. Baltimore Ravens, Quincy Roche, the edge from Miami. They need pass-rushing help, too. Yannick Nagakwe, Matthew Judon, they're entering free agency. You get some help there. Twenty-eight, Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle from Alabama. The Saints are in cap nightmares. And Sheldon Rankins is entering free agency. So they need help there. They get it with one of the interior defensive tackles in this draft. Twenty-nine, Green Bay Packers, Rondale Moore, the wide receiver from do If the medicals check out, he could be the gadget-type player that we all thought they needed, right? I remember mocking LaVisca Shenault to the Packers' last go-around. Now they get that kind of player here. Bills? They stop another slide. Najee Harris, the running back from Alabama in Buffalo, would be nightmarish. Most of the pieces are in place in Buffalo. If there's something they have to improve on, it's run game efficiency. Najee Harris gives them the ability to do that. 31, Osa Ungenzawa, the defensive tackle from UCLA. He goes to to, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If there's somebody that helped themselves more down in Mobile, hard to see it. This guy had a fantastic week. Again, in a sort of weak D-tackle class, he might be the guy that's going to rise in the first round. Finally, at 32, the Chiefs. Again, these are made with Super Bowl odds in mind, so since the Chiefs are favored, they're at 32. Wyatt Davis, the interior offensive lineman from Ohio State. Rich, get richer. Maybe the best interior offensive lineman in the class. Falls to 32, and the Chiefs are happy to pounce. So that's my mock draft here on Mock Draft Monday. Up next, your mocks. That's ahead here in episode 171 of The Sco Show. Mark Schofield back with you now in on episode 171 of The Sco Show. And it's time for your mocks. Before we dive in, I did have to get to something quickly that I forgot to get to in the first segment of the show. This is what happens when I skip something on my show run sheet. And I did that. But I wanted to make sure I mentioned it because... With the Stafford and Goff news, I sort of focused heavily on the Jared Goff angle, glossed over the Stafford angle a little bit. Look, he's very good. We know that. But there was one nugget that I had to mention, and I forgot. Tom Current, NBC Sports Boston, had an article out Sunday that basically said, Stafford told the Lions, you could trade me anywhere except for New England. And as somebody that would have loved to have seen number nine in a Patriots jersey, that's a bit frustrating. Obviously, most people connected the Matt-Patricia dots because Patricia is rejoining the Patriots to consult on the defensive side of the ball, and maybe there is something to that. But Matthew Stafford did not want to be a Patriot, which is, well, that's, that's disappointing. But we forge on. It's time to kick off your mocks here at Mock Draft Monday. And I was... Toying with the idea of delaying mock draft Mondays a couple of weeks, maybe until after the Super Bowl. But as I said in Friday's show, I got a mock from Pablo Hoel at H-O-E-L-P-A-B-L-O, on Twitter. And he sent it to me, and I immediately responded, My God, it is beautiful. It's his second mock of the season. He sent one earlier, but I wasn't quite ready to dive into the mocks. But he sent this one. with the Patriots make it a bit of a trade in the first round. And so I give to you, and I give Pablo Joel the honors of the first listener mock of the 2021 season. This is, this is a big deal, you know? I could have picked anybody to kick it off. But I felt... The, the fact that this mock made me want to dive into Mock Draft Mondays, it was only right. So here's Pablo. At 25, the Patriots trading down. Mac Jones at 25. I can live with it, especially with the rest of this, this draft. At 45, Carlos Basham, the edge from Wake Forest. At 46, Marvin Wilson, the defensive tackle from Florida State. At 94, Marquez Stevenson, the Houston wide receiver that certainly flashed down a mobile. At 114, Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver, Western Michigan. At 129, Trey Sermon, the Ohio State running back. You can hear my voice. The octaves are getting a little bit higher each time. 158, Patty Fisher, the Northwestern linebacker. Errol Thompson, the linebacker from Mississippi State at 161. 173, Thomas Graham. Trey McKitty, the tight end from Georgia at 175. Carrie Angeline, the tight end from NC State. At 180, at 195, Quinn Minerts from Whitewater, and at 208, Robert Jones, the guard from Middle Tennessee State, who is also very good down at Mobile. I lost my mind when I saw this mock, and I wrote back, "My God, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous. If you could give me that draft right now, like I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm more than fine. I'm overjoyed." And yes, a lot of people will say Mac Jones at 25. With the rest of that, I'm fine with Mac Jones at 25. It's just it's just beautiful. I love it. I absolutely love it. Next mock comes to us from Patriots on Twitter at Patriot73536342. This is actually his second mock draft. He sent two over. I'll, I'll give you both. The first one, his mock draft 1.0. Uh Kyle Pitts at 15. Done. Love it. Kyle Trask at 46. I get it. And especially because he writes, you know, you pay the two Florida players. I get it. Makes a ton of sense. A comp pick in round three. Levi Wernky, the Washington safety tackle. Absolutely love it. Kadarius T- Tony in the fourth round. I'll take it in a second. Alec Rinstrom in the fourth round. The offensive lineman from BC. Gotta love that. Nico Collins at 142. Huge fan of that. Divine Diablo. The Virginia Tech defensive back, I like that. It's six in the sixth round at 171. And then Jalen Phillips, the Miami Edge, in the sixth round at 173. I was doing some work on him. The Draft Network guys have him in the first. They have him in their, like, top 30. To get him at six, love it. And then he rounds it out with Pete Warner, the uh, Ohio State linebacker. That's his first, his second. Uh, Jalen Waddle at 15. If he's there, if he's on the board of 15, I'm more than okay with him taking Jalen Waddle. The more I watch him and Smith, it's 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 a tough call between those two, especially with Smith's frame. Uh, 46. Dylan Moses. Easy to connect the dots there on Alabama linebacker. Bill Belichick, Nick Saban. Uh, Kyle Trask in the third round with a comp pick. Osweirke again in the fourth round. Lindstrom. Amen. and Og- Amiga. The Oklahoma State linebacker. And I know I butchered that name. Uh, Devon Diablo again in the sixth round. Hunter Lawn in the sixth round at 173. And Trayvon Grimes in the seventh round, who I talked about earlier this week. I've become a fan of his game, given what he did down at the Senior Bowl. Aaron Williams is back with us for another mock Draft season. His first that he sent over via the Draft Network, Mock draft machine. You can follow Aaron on Twitter. He is on Twitter at big underscore daddy 814. That's B I G underscore D A D D Y 814. We trade out. We get picks 31, 63, and 24 from the Buccaneers in exchange for that pick at 15. We also make a trade where we send the pick at 95 and the pick at 175 to the Chiefs for picks at 96 and 183. So those are the trades that were made. The guys over at the Draft Network have made this easier this year. It's a bit more user-friendly, I think, from years past. At 31, Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver from Florida. Love it. Huge fan. Uh, Tommy Togai, the interior defensive tackle from Ohio State at 47. Cameron McGrone, Michigan linebacker at 63. Israel Mukamu, the corner from South Carolina. At 95, Jonathan Cooper, the Ohio State Edge, at 119. I'm a huge fan of that. Ellerson Smith, the Northern Iowa Edge, 137. K. Johnson at 143. Boom, sign me up. Love it. Thomas Graham at 158. Again, sign me up. Love it. Love that. Frank Darby at 175. There was a discussion in one of the football group chats uh, recently about Frank Darby. And whether if you're a believer in name-based scouting, if you could really have Frank Darby high on your board, because Frank Darby doesn't sound like a guy that's gonna burn a t- another team for like eight catches and 117 and two touchdowns. He sounds like the guy that's gonna like do your taxes after the game. But he looked great down at Arizona. I mean, uh, the Senior Bowl certainly has love for the game. His passion just comes through. He's always one of those guys that's like excited, ready to go. Um, so getting him at 175, huge fan. Uh, Sam Allinger at 191, I'll take that. Des Fitzpatrick at 239, love it. Ashari Crosswell, the Arizona State Safety at 248. Also a big fan of that pick. Russell Easterbrooks, love Russell. Um, Great to see him in the Slack channel. Um, He sends over his mock. Uh, 15 traded to Miami for 18 and 50. Then he flipped 18 to Cincinnati for 38 and 69, plus a second and a fourth in next year's draft. Here's what he comes with. Uh, 38, Carlos Basham Jr., uh, at 46, uh, Jay Tufelli, the USC defensive tackle. Dwayne Eskridge at 50. Diami Brown, another wide receiver at 69. Quinn Minerts at 113. Damar Hamilton, the safety, at 144. Uh, Brady White, a QB that a lot of people were upset, didn't get an invite to Mobile at 173. Kicker Riley Patterson at 175. I think kicker might be a spot they go to. I, you know, Obviously, it backfired last year, but while Nick Folk was great, I think with the picks that they have, and near the end of the draft, i will take a fire on a kicker. That makes sense to me. And a 208, uh, Shane Buckley, the former Texas, now SMU quarterback. Um, so they double dip a quarterback and Russ was mocked, but I like it. I'm a big fan of this one. So I really like what he put together here. We close it out with all the mocks I can get to from the Slack channel. Again, if you'd like an invite, mark.scofield at insidethepylon.com or send me a DM on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Um like I said there are people in there talking football 24/7 you'll love it and again it's free like as I said in the slack channel today my only real business model is feeding addiction which is probably a bad thing to say um, because you know Josh in the social slack channel said basically that you know he probably I sh- I shouldn't feed his addiction by asking for more mock drafts but that's my business model so yeah but I'm not going to charge you for the slack. So come on, have fun. Water's warm. Uh, Speaking of Josh, here's one of his mocks. He sent in a couple. uh, At 23 with a bit of a trade down, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts at 23, sign me up, love it. Trayvon Morg, one of the TCU safeties at 44. Zavin Collins at 46. I've got him going in the first round, so to get him at 46 is fantastic. Uh, Michael Carter at 75. Diami Brown, Another North Carolina player at 76, so you double-dip the Tar Heels at 75 and 76. Big fan of that. Patrick Jones from Pittsburgh at 90. Tyler Shelvin, the LSU defensive lineman at 117. Baron Brown, and perhaps the best of the three Ohio State linebackers. Hillard was good, too. Uh, Tough boy, had a rough week down in Mobile. Uh, Browning at 19, 119. Ambry Thomas from Michigan at 131. Darius Washington, the other TCU safety at 158. Cole Van Lallen, Whenever you get a Wisconsin lineman, you're usually going to get something good at 170. Kellen Mond at 192. Marquez Stevenson at 237. And I should mention that Josh, a lot of the people over in the Slack channel have put in parentheses what they want the Patriots to do. Josh's parentheses next to his handle, Avery Thomas or bush So you can expect to see a lot of Avery Thomas and Josh's mocks this draft cycle. Uh, Jim Reynolds uh, via the Scotiable Slack channel at 18 with a trade down. Kyle Pitts. Matt Jones at 44, Rondale Moore at 46, Zayvon Collins at 75, Michael Carter at 97, Tyler Shelvin at 117, Dylan Raditz, 135, love that, AB Thomas at 141, and Darius Washington at 155, Keith Taylor, Washington Huskies corner at 192, Stone Forsythe, the Florida offensive tackle at 237. Let's see, any more mocks? I'm just going through. Drew Brown via the Draft Network mock draft machine. Kyle Pitts at 15. Landon Dickerson at 47. That's good value. Dickerson's a first round pick, but the medicals are going to be an issue, obviously. Diamond Brown at 96. Avery Tom- Ambry Thomas at 119. Daz Newsom at 137. Shaka Tony at 143. He had a bad week, but he's a talented kid. So there will be a slide, and to get him at 143 is great. Uh, Bobby Brown, interior defensive lineman at 158. Uh, Demetric Felton we talked about him a lot over at Senior Bowl week 138 uh, running back slash wide receiver Divine Diablo the safety at 191 and Chris Rumpf the second at 239 so I think I got to everybody's mock if I missed it I'm just an awful human being I understand but I'm sorry if I missed it a fantastic job out of the gate it's going to be tough to top the listener mock's in the weeks to come, but I know you guys and girls are up to it. I believe in you. I truly do. Again, if you'd like to be part of these mocks, um, in the Slack channel, we've got the Mock Draft channel. Just tag me in them. It makes it super easy to go through. Um, You can DM them to me on Twitter. You can email them to me. Um, You can mail them to me, but you're going to have to DM me for my mailing address. So you might as well just send the mock that way anyway. I'll save you the stamp too. Um, But however you want to get them to me, I'm happy to read them out, get to as many as I can, Um, give all of you uh, a bit of pub, a bit of credit and some shout outs because like I've said so many times, this show is yours. I'm just here to sort of guide everybody along the way. And plus, look, this is now almost 14 minutes of airtime. You guys have helped me fill, which is good too. So you guys have done something great today. Pat yourselves on the back, reward yourselves, put the feet up, take a load off. You've done good, kids. But that will do it for today. I will be back later this week. We'll probably talk some Super Bowl, I guess, because, you know, the game's coming. Um, I'll probably have some thoughts on that game. Maybe a guest. I don't know. I don't know if people want to come on to the show. I don't think people like me. I like me, though. So that counts for something. Until then, friends, though, seriously, stay safe. Uh, Check in on your loved ones. Check in on your neighbors. Um, Wash those hands. And when you do, sin along. And bless those Patriots' reigns. Down in Fox.